the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. been a busy week and it's been a uh, kind of an interesting week the uh, um, first week of the year and I know a lot of people are looking at the volatility that's that's been going on and uh, you know as I was just talking about well, I don't have an internet connection so I, I'm taking this all from my brain <laughs> oh, love you gotta love technology and what would we do without it? Actually, things would come to a screeching halt if we didn't have it. And uh, ever think about that for a second? I, I, I wonder if back in the 1960s when they were developing this, they used to call it ARPNET, or there were actually several names for it, but uh, if they'd ever realized just how dependent the entire country and worldwide, how people would become on this project that they were working on. And uh, very interesting. Uh, it does create an awful lot of jobs now uh, most of them high tech and you've got to have pretty good schooling that's uh, one of the great things we've talked about in the state of ohio you know an intel coming to build a plant here uh, when as soon as they announced their plant samsung and uh, asml decided that they would also build close by because they do a lot of business with intel and it would make it very close by so ohio uh looking good i mean the, the number of high tech high quality high paying jobs in this state is going to go up significantly as these uh, institutions begin to build out their uh, their facilities here in Ohio. And I just wonder, now, how did we win that? <laughs> no, actually, where they're building it is, is really nice. I mean, it's a really nice area. It's not too far from Ohio State. It's uh, close by to Columbus. And I'm, I think the 
companies are actually trying to work with some of the local universities to create jobs, create training programs so that they can have uh, engineers that will be available. Uh, and uh, just really a nice thing. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. With, with all the negative news that you hear out there, by the way, uh, I just think, I feel like it's important that we kind of try to cover some things that are positive because, you know, quite frankly, if the world were as negative as the media leads you to believe, it wouldn't exist. And there would have been a major world war or wiped us all out a long time ago. Yeah, but there's a, an enormous amount of good that's going on. It, you can't run a, a country with 330 million people in it, give or take a few million, uh, without an awful lot of things going right. And I think sometimes people forget that. You know, I kind of, at the end of the year when I'm looking to uh, look to see what I, my plans are going to be for the next year. I actually do that planning in the fall, by the way. But uh, go over those plans, start implementing those plans for the new year. I'm always grateful, and I'm here, that I have a, a lovely client base. The, uh, I have a, a, a lot of work to do. Um, I'm not sure if I would uh, want to do this on my own. Uh, so, and I'm sure I wouldn't, I and mean, I am absolutely positive. I would not want to do this on my own if I weren't doing it, uh, the way that I do it now. And I would look for, I would just look for help. So if you're like me, um, and, and basically I try to be the advisor that I would like to have. I like to you know, find out what your questions are. Um, what kind of risk taker are you? That's the, that's a big deal. That's actually the, the, it's the most important thing when it comes to investing successfully. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you get close to retirement, I, let me back up a second. I, I started a second thought before I finished that first one. So uh, you really need to know yourself and you need to, to kind of come to grips with the fact that markets are largely unpredictable. Okay. If you're looking out over a 10 year time period, I would say, yes, there's a really good chance that the Stock market's going to be higher 10 years from now than it is today. And I know a lot of people will listen to that and say, though, that's not very helpful. Well, you know what? There are two things. First of all, it is helpful. It would be helpful if the valuation on, like, say, the NASDAQ or the S&P 500 back in the uh, early 200s, if the valuations on stocks were as high as they were back then or higher, the uh, then you could probably expect that you're going to have a... Um, a really bad event at some point in time over the next 10 years. And it might take 10 years to recover the way that did. You go from March of 2000 to March of 2010. And, and if you'd reinvested your dividends, you'd made a little bit of money, not a lot. Yeah, and it really depends on the funds that you're in too. Some of them uh, bounced back quicker because they weren't as aggressive on the way up. And uh, anyway, there's, there's a lot to, to talk about when you're talking about risk management. How do you manage the risk? That is the single most important item in your portfolios. And because the rest of your life depends upon what those savings are going to do, you know, it's a pretty good idea to have an idea of, of how much volatility those investments have experienced in the past. Now, not that it's going to repeat itself identically. They never do. But looking back, you can glean uh, information, data. You can take a look at the picture. Uh, we do charts. We do a lot of charts. And you can see, okay, here was my money at this point. Here was my money at this point. How do I feel about that? 
You know, does it make me feel good? Uh, Well, obviously not. I mean, if you're in your 30s or your 40s, that should make you feel good because now when you're investing uh, in the market, if you're doing it on a regular basis, whether it's a 401k, 403b, whatever kind of uh, IRAs, whatever you're doing, if you've got that set up to do it on a regular basis, when the share prices go down, you're getting a discount. You know, you're, you're buying them at lower prices. That's a good, that's a good thing. That's why that works so well, by the way, because you know, the market's going to fluctuate. It fluctuates a lot all the time. And if your money is going into it all the time, if you're investing in it every paycheck, that's awesome. If you're past the point where you're doing that, you're, you're, or let's say you're, you're getting up 55 and over and you've got a a lot of money accumulated there and you don't want to see it go down 50%. No problem. Uh, you know, what we do is we buy high quality bonds or bond funds that are high quality and you got to be careful there. I mean, that's, you know, bonds are literally, there's a, there's a test that you have to take if you're going to work for a big brokerage firm. It's called a series seven exam. And it's like a, uh, mm, you've already taken one exam before you're allowed to take that one. Then when you take that one, it's, I think it's about seven hours now and it's really, it's graduate level work. And so when you see these guys coming out of the offices, now you could have a great memory and just memorize your way through that. And that would be great. Hopefully you retain some of that stuff and hopefully you understood a lot of what you memorized. I've, I've seen a lot of instances and I know we all have, we, you know, people that memorize the answers versus those people who know the answers. Um, and that's a big one because a lot of the memorizers are very good salespeople and good actors basically, and will fool you. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so you gotta be careful. And that's why I do this show. Uh, hey, what, what to look out for? There's this thing called duration. It, it's a term you can go to, you can look it up, but basically what it is trying to do is give you an idea of how much risk is in a bond portfolio. And, and that's really important. Bonds have had that one of their last year was one of the worst years they've had in 40 years. I mean, it was, it was wild. They were down a lot. And now when I say bonds, I'm talking about the entire category. The shorter term bonds were not down very much at all, if at all. Okay. The longer term bonds got crushed. They were down a lot. If you were investing in, invested in the bond index that, or one of the bond indexes that has a seven to 10 year time horizon, it was down a lot. You know, it was crazy. So you have to know something about that and Experience is a great teacher, but you don't want to be learning from experience in your 50s or 60s. You want to be learning from experience when you're 20, 30, and 40. <laughs> but uh, so if you're in that those age categories, then you can make that money up. Don't do it again. Listen to this program. The duration. Find out what the duration is. If it's longer than three years in this environment, don't use it. Okay. The longer the duration, the higher the risk is uh, on interest rate risk. Okay. If interest rates go up or down, those things are going to fluctuate a lot more. The higher the duration, the, the higher the number is on the duration, the more they're going to fluctuate. So let's put it that way. And you can look up the definition of it. And I always like to see what is the average maturity of the fund that I'm going to be investing in. The average maturity of the fund 
And I think that's even better than duration, quite frankly. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to find that information, but uh, that's why I was using duration to begin with. Duration is pretty popular, and uh, this one's, uh, I think it's a little bit more effective, but it helps, and uh, it's not that big a deal. So the average maturity, you don't want an average maturity of much more than two to three years right now. That would be, and that would be on the high end. But uh, so if you have an average maturity and it's 30 years because you saw this tech, triple tax-free bond fund that you're not going to have to pay any local, state, or federal taxes on, but the average maturity is over 30 years, the way a lot of them are, that they're paying anything nearly enough to attract anybody. And uh, But they're, you're taking on an enormous amount of risk. And those people that did that over the past couple of years, last year, they just got kiboshed. So to, to try to avoid that, you want to stick with those things again. If it's got an average maturity of around uh, three or four years right now, that would be fine. Uh, two to three is probably going to have a higher yield, and you hope that the portfolio managers on those funds are actually realizing that. And incidentally, this is one of the areas where I've used uh, actively managed exchange-traded funds. Those are funds that are managed by people uh, or a computer algorithm. Mostly people. The uh, um, so if you have a, an actively managed fund in the fixed income last year, they did uh, pretty well relative to the rest of the market. And uh, so, just just an, an aside there, just to, a little tip to try to help you out. Now, if you're listening to this stuff and and you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you understand the word risk, and if you invest in the wrong thing, it's going to cost you money, <laughs> then we're halfway home. And you can always call me and I'd be glad to explain this uh, over the phone. Uh, my number is actually 330-664-0700. And you can go to bullingtoncapital.com when you hear anything that you'd actually like to learn more about. Uh, and feel free to hit me up with an email. It's bill at bullingtoncapital.com again. Website is bullingtoncapital.com. And the number is 330-664-0700. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I didn't when I first got in this industry and I remember when I was in uh, college, holy cow, that, that's, it's a long time ago, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But I think I was a senior before I figured out what they meant by coupon on a bond. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, did, I forget how many credit hours, I think 24 credit hours in, in finance. And I was an econ major and, uh, nobody stopped to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> that whole time. And then when I got in this industry, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I was robbed. <laughs> they should have, they should have been talking about this. And, uh, because it's, it's important and it, it's literally when you take a, a series seven exam, that's again, that's that big, long licensing test. That's pretty hard to do. Um, it is a, it's half, it's literally half the test. And you would think that there would be, uh, you know, stocks would be a lot harder. They don't give as much attention to stocks. And, and I think I know why uh, this, this is just speculation, by the way, is because the bond market, you know, treasuries, tax-free bonds, corporate bonds, it's like four times larger than the stock market is four times. So they give it about half of the test. And it's, it's amazing all this stuff that, you know, you need to know the past the test that you're never going to see again. <laughs> but uh, so don't, don't, go and sign up for a series seven course or don't buy a book. It's, it's really not worth it. The vast majority of the stuff that's in there, you, you probably won't ever see again. And, uh, anyway, 
So it's kind of, kind of funny. But yeah, the bonds are uh, um, four times larger. Uh, with the interest rates coming back up, you know, it's much more attractive than they've been in an extremely long time period. Uh, are they going to move higher? Really don't know. I mean, they keep threatening that they might move them higher, but you don't know what the, the Fed really is not obligated to give you a forecast over the next 12 to 18 months. They're not, they're really not obligated to give you a forecast at all. So they try to talk and, and they try to prepare the investing public and, and savers and financial institutions by uh, giving them some guidance. Okay. But guidance is not the same thing as, um, you know, a promise or, or this is policy. This is what we're going to do. And they take a look at a bunch of data. If you want to see some of it, you can go to the, uh, just go to Google and type up the Federal Reserve, go to their website. They've got all kinds of data on there. And uh, you can see what they're looking at. Um, by the way, after you've been there for a couple of hours and your eyes are glazing over and, and you still don't uh, know what's going on, which happens to almost everybody, by the way, don't feel bad. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there. What you really need to know about that is uh, just Google the headlines from the Fed. They'll tell you what they think they're going to do. They'll tell you what they're looking at. And then you want to stay pretty conservative. You don't want to, I, I don't ever think it's it's smart to take a whole lot of risk with bond funds. Number one, you're going to have, if you're like most people, you'll be getting the answer to this question after these messages. <laughs> this is Bill Bullington, 1420. I'll be right back. Disappointment. Can't avoid the delay. But I don't have to make For everything your business needs to make this year your year, Staples has you covered. I need to organize all my papers and files from last year and the year before that. Staples has you covered. I need to clear clutter from my office and my home office and my home. Staples has you covered with everything you need to get organized this year at amazing savings. Right now at Staples, get up to 50% off select file folders, file cabinets, file boxes, and storage bins. Make this year your year at Staples. The Working and Learning Store ends one twenty in-store only. Jay Sekulow sees a chaos coming. A number of the states took up a case to the Supreme Court involving Title 42, which was put in during the previous administration to try to give some control to the border in light of the then the, the, the pandemic. And the government comes in and files a brief saying, uh, we think you should lift the stay, but don't lift it right away because it's going to, quote, increase the unlawful entry border, border crossings. Sekulow. Weeknights at 6, right before Brandon Tatum at 7, on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's Car Donation Program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. 
Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. So good, so good, so good. And we're back. Hey, you know what? I was just uh, reading. I got my computer back up, thankfully. And, uh, you know, they were talking about this in the Wall Street Journal. Interesting, because this article is from today. Um, I think it is. Yeah, or just yesterday. I I didn't see this before. But, uh, and it's the intelligent investor, Jason Zweig. He's been there forever. And uh, he's talking about how the 60-40 portfolio just took a pounding last year and uh, how bad the bond portfolio uh, performance has been. Uh, he said, one of their, yes, in 2022, 60-40 portfolios. When they say 60-40, they're talking about a portfolio that's 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds. So according to Zweig, he said it had one of the it's one of its worst years in history because bonds had their worst year ever. Now that's underscored, and I don't know what he means by that, but I'm pretty sure if you went back to the early 1930s, you'd see um, that bonds did more poorly then. <laughs> but um, maybe not. Who knows? So anyway, last year bonds lost 13 percent long-term treasuries, and this is where I remember a guy calling in. Because he was buying, there's a long-term treasury ETF and the average maturity, remember we were talking about that a little bit earlier. If you took an average of how, uh, what the maturity was on each one of the bonds, that's how they come up with the average maturity. If the average maturity is over 20 years in a bond, the way that that one is, it's going to move a lot. You look at the chart on that fund and it lose, moves more like a stock than it does a bond. And people say, well, why does it do that? Well, because here's the example. Let's say I got a 30-year bond and it's paying 3%. Okay, So I'm getting $30 on it. And somebody else, uh, interest rates go up on 30-year bonds by 1%. Okay, Somebody else is getting $40 on that. Okay, So if I'm going to get, now I got to get my calculator out to do this, by the way. Apologize about that. But if I've got a bond that's only paying 30 bucks, and everybody else is buying new bonds and getting 40, what do you think is going to happen to the price of my bond? You know, who's going to want to, are they going to, out of the kindness of their hearts, decide to, oh, we'll buy your 30, you know, 3% bond when we can get 4%? Yeah, no, 
<laughs> that is not going to happen. I want to just, now this is not, because I said 30-year bond, uh, let's see, divided by, yeah, it, it'll knock that bond price down fairly significantly. Maybe, yeah, probably somewhere in the range of 25 to 30% or so. And so that's why when you look at that big, here, hang on, actually, my, now that my computer's working, I can pull this back up again. So here's the TLT, and that's Barclays 20-year Treasury bond fund. It's actually iShares. It's, it's uh, through BlackRock, and they do this because there are a lot of people, by the way, um, hedge funds that want that investment because it does move so much, and they will try to trade it. Is it a good idea for the average person? Heck no. Bad idea. Horribly bad idea because that, that fund actually peaked back in 2020. So it goes through all the way through 2021, drops a lot, has a little bit of a rally. And then in 2022, it drops a ton. So if we go from where the fund peaked, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it actually peaked three different times. There was the coronavirus scare that had everything going all over the place. Uh, it was very, very volatile for, yeah, I don't know, probably about seven or eight months. And then it kind of chilled out a little bit and then it just started this long decline so in 2020 that fund was right around 170 or so and that fund is 105 today so that's like going from a dollar 70 to a dollar five you know that that's 65 that's like almost a 30 year money gone now you do have the income from it but the income is tiny and that's what I'm talking about. There's a there's a ton of risk. And these are, by the way, these are government bonds. These are treasuries from the United States government. So if you didn't know that before, now you do. If you want to hear it again, I would say either call me or go to my website and uh, download this uh, today's show. You can listen to it whenever you want. I think it's on. Uh, yeah, I think it's on YouTube and iHeart as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. So it's just some a word of warning. You know, we, we were talking about this a few different times, and I guess today I got into more detail into it. So what do you do? You know, what what do you do if those long-term government bond funds <clears throat> have so much more risk and they fluctuate like stocks? Well, you, you want to really read well the uh, description of what the money's, how the money's going to be managed that comes in the prospectus. Now, I know that's, you know, that's, I don't, I, I can't even think of anything that's as unpopular <laughs> as somebody wanting to sit down and read a prospectus. And uh, fortunately, you know, I don't have to do it that much anymore because I've been in the business for 32 years and, uh, and I know where, right where to go to get the description of what they're actually going to be doing with the money. So, but, uh, until you have a lot of experience, you know, then it's just, it's a lot of hard work. So, but if you're, again, when you're talking about your portfolios and you're setting up these investment plans, that's one thing to, to bring up. What What's the average maturity on the bonds that you hold? Now, for some people, you know, we've been uh, exchanging their bond funds for short-term CDs. You know, Two-year CDs are paying way more than the 30 years are. They call that an inverted uh, yield curve. 
And there's all kinds of stuff out there on the internet about how bad an inverted yield curve is. It's not the yield curve. It's the actions that they took to make the, the yield curve inverted. Normally, a two-year bond is supposed to pay less than a 30-year bond. So if you drew a graph, the interest rate that you were getting would should be lower. Uh, the dot should be lower than the dot on the 30-year. Right now, the 30-year is lower than the, the two-year. And people look at that and they take it out of context. And this is what I mean by people who understand the answers by versus people who memorize the answers. People looking at just that graph and don't really look past that. that that's the beginning and end of their research. They look at that graph and go, wow, that has preceded almost every recession that's come over the past 80 years. And I'm going, um, yeah, because the recession was already there. <laughs> and they were, <laughs> or there was one time when Paul Volcker raised interest rates and caused recession. He caused a recession because inflation was 15%. And Jimmy Carter committed political suicide by saying, hey, how do we fix this? He goes, you'll go down as one of the worst presidents that's ever lived. Jimmy Carter said, I don't care. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, uh, what do we need to do? I need to raise interest rates so high the entire world comes to a halt. We're going to put a huge uh, recession on the economy. And short-term interest rates went way, way, way up. Even long-term interest rates climbed up quite a bit. And that was in the late 70s and early 80s. And this is pretty funny. I got to, can you hear that phone? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to, uh, should I break? Yeah. Oh, well. Sorry for uh, not remembering to turn my phone off. I hope that uh, stops ringing here. <laughs> Shortly, by the way, I have my, my office line is actually wired to my cell phone. So if somebody is calling my office right now, uh, it's coming through here. And during the commercial break, I'll, I'll go ahead and shut it off. But, uh, sorry about that. I apologize. Anyway, so where was it? Oh, okay. So Paul Volcker raised interest rates really, really high and a money market. I, I remember money markets paying 18%, you know, and, and, uh, one of the things that, Kind of, it's, it's slightly irritating, not a ton, but is when somebody talks about the interest rates in the early 90s, they got up to 12%. Uh, no, they got up to 22. The, a mortgage actually got up to 22%. Now, you want to talk about uh, killing an industry. That was my, we were building houses up until that point. My dad, he was a carpenter. And uh, we would do all the uh, roughing, if you know what that means. But the, um, and it just, it, it almost stopped. I mean, it, builders went out of business, uh, lumberyards shut down. It was, uh, it was crazy. And all because they raised interest rates to try to combat inflation. And you know what? Uh, after a few years, it actually worked. Inflation started to go down. And, and I'm not sure if it was actually the, the Fed's actions. I know they had a lot to do with it. And they were really heavy-handed back then, by the way. They also restricted the amount of money uh, the banks had to lend through raising the reserve requirements. Man, that is, they haven't done that yet. And when that happens, um, you're probably going to see some uh, significant 
volatility in bonds if that I don't think it's going to happen but you know they haven't talked about it yet anyway haven't haven't mentioned it and uh, right now they're just using the interest rates themselves to kind of slow people down cuz when you look at the payment on a house and how much it's gone up over the past uh 2 years looking at you know the same house because now you're paying twice as much interest on it that payment's gone up not not exactly double but it's uh, it's significant and see then what happens is some the younger families that are looking to buy their first home, uh, the amount that they can afford to spend, there's a formula for that. The banks are going to look at that and they're not going to qualify because the the payment just went up higher than the amount that they would qualify for as a monthly payment that they figured they can do relatively safely. And uh, so that's that was going on all over the country. I mean, the housing industry just came to a screeching halt. I mean, only people that were buying houses were people that really didn't need the money. And so there was a lot of uh, remodeling going on, that kind of stuff. And uh, it's a good thing my dad knew how to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I when I think back to those days, I think about how many people say, oh yeah, remember when interest rates were 12%? I, oh no, no, add another 10% that did. Because uh, that's what the rates were, especially if you didn't have a squeaky clean credit score. You were in you were paying that kind of money on interest rates on buying a car. I mean, it was crazy over a five year time period. You'd pay literally twice what that car cost, you know, making payments on it and putting a fairly he- uh, hefty down payment on it. So yeah, I hope we don't get back to that. <laughs> Not anytime soon. I doubt it. Um, you know, Carter took a lot of flack for that. He, he didn't get reelected cause you know, that's a really unpopular thing to do. Bring your economy to a screeching halt. And then uh, Reagan came in and he did a lot of really good things. Uh, but, you know, Carter took the blow for him. He took one for the team. And, uh, and and he knew he was doing it. So, and then Reagan comes along. And actually, in my opinion, I think Reagan did an, a, an outstanding job. And the stuff that he brought in was really helpful. And they supposedly... Uh, simplified the tax code and uh, you know the uh, attorneys and CPAs out there not going to stand for that <laughs> so they, the minute it came out it was being added to every day and it's, it changes fairly frequently but yeah uh, uh, not the whole thing not, not not in the scale that they did in those days so and he had uh, uh, those were pretty good days actually you know you look at what was going on in the economy um, Stocks had it really rough. I mean, from 1978 to 1982, they stuck in a huge sideways range. Uh, sound familiar? How about 2000 through 2009? Same thing. And that was a longer time period. And the, actually, the volatility was, was twice as much. And so you would think that we would probably be, have been more sophisticated by that point in time. There was an awful lot of time in between the late 80s in uh, the early 2000s. <laughs> but, you know, the, the volatility was actually higher in the 2000s than it was in the late 80s. That, that was interesting to me. And why am I uh, speaking about all that stuff? Because we're, we're in a situation where it's relatively, there are a lot of similarities. Now there are a lot of differences too. Um, market's not undervalued, but it's not overvalued. Not by a lot especially if you look at the growth rates on a lot of the top stocks that make up, you know, 30% of the S&P 500. They're growing like crazy. 
And it's mind-boggling. So under you know those conditions, um, am I a little worried about it? Yeah, I'm always a little bit worried about it. But am I super worried? No, not at all. I think if you've got a five or 10-year time horizon, you're pretty good. I think it's for people that are getting closer to retirement. This would be, this would make me a little nervous. I would probably be raising the amount that you're putting into the short-term bonds. And maybe for the, uh, you know, if you're within uh, five years of retirement, I don't think I'd be more than 50% in the, into stocks. You could have 50% into some of these bond funds. The current yields on them are right around 4% or better. That's pretty good. Um, again, you don't want to be buying the long-term bonds, by the way, long-term bonds, uh, junk bonds, or they call them high yield bonds and, uh, the slang is junk bond and real estate investment trust. Some of them, they have some pretty good rates out there, but the risk that the flux, the volatility of those categories is significantly higher than your three-year treasuries or short-term bonds. And that's where a bond fund manager, if you don't have time to do it yourself, I'd use the fund. I, I, I use it. I've got, uh, I don't even know how much it's fairly significant though. It's a big chunk. My uh, portfolio is, is in a short-term bond fund. It, it's run by fidelity. So, uh, can't name the actual symbol because that would construe that as uh, investment advice. And we're not allowed to do that over the radio, <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, I got about 30 seconds left before I got to take a commercial break. So if you hear something here you'd like more information on, you'd like to sit down and maybe draw up a plan, uh, we're going to talk about planning when we come back. But yeah, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday, every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, and you can find me on my website at bullingtoncapital.com. And uh, once we get uh, ready to take a commercial break here, I'll probably come back and we're going to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll finish up on the bonds and, and then I'll get some to some individual stocks as well. Rags, they're really important, and I don't mind saying so. Or even getting called the rag man by my boys. You see, from my earliest days apprenticing with Lee Newberg, I learned about the four things required of a true professional plumber. Answer the phone when the customer calls. Show up on time. Do what you say you're going to do. And clean up your mess. That's it. And cleaning up your mess is one of the most important parts. It's one reason why Lee and I loved working for the older Eastern European ladies in Cleveland. They always had plenty of well-laundered rags, and they let us use them. It just made the job cleaner and easier. Plus, they were great ladies. You know, we've always been blessed with the best customers in Cleveland. Nowadays, my sons often find me by the washing machine at the office cleaning and folding rags. That's how I got named the Rag Man, and I take it as a compliment. Because clean rags, and plenty of them, are an essential component to the Wallacadoodle experience. Consider it done at Wyattworks.com. License number 30185. No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ferrance here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to ArtisticReno.com below. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit ArtisticReno.com. 
Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Uh, you can also find a copy of this podcast if you want to go back and, and review it. Or actually, it's easier just to call me. <laughs> the number is 330 664 330 664 Or you can go to and reach out through my website. I will get back to you as quickly as I can. And we we're just talking about uh, bonds and interest rates. And boy, it, this has been one of the most active years. Or 2022 was one of the more active years I've ever seen. I mean, the moves, I thought I was watching the stock market at times. It was mind boggling. And the Fed's you know, saying that they might raise rates another half a percent or so this year. The, uh, and then you start hearing stuff. Well, if they do that, and then the economy really goes into uh, a free fall then they'll have to start lowering interest rates again. That would be good for those 30-year government bond fund investors or government bond holders. But, you know, it's a, uh, and the short short person won't get hurt by that because the yields are significantly higher and you can just hang on to them. Uh, and most bond fund managers that are holding stuff that's relatively short-term, they don't buy and sell it a lot. They just let it kind of mature because then when you when it matures, you get your principal back. And that's a big deal, getting your principal back. It's uh, I forget what the saying is, but people used to buy a lot of really high-paid dividend uh, stocks, dividend yield stocks. And the reason that dividends get really high on a, on a common stock are typically because the company's having problems and they're being the, uh, the price is dropping. So let's say I had a, Oh, a hundred dollar stock that had a three dollar dividend. Okay, so that's three percent. And the company gets in trouble. Maybe they got in big trouble. Now it's selling at thirty. Okay, you got if you bought it at a hundred, it's down seventy percent. If you bought it at fifty, you're like, well, this is pretty good. I'm getting six percent. Okay, then it goes down to thirty. By the way, thirty uh, from six uh, from fifty is a forty percent drop. So the bond's down 40% now and the yield is really high because it was, what, what, I, what did I start saying? Was it, was it 3% or 4%? I can't remember. 3%. Okay. So at 30, a $3 dividends, a, a, a 10% yield. So it's yielding 10% right now. But when I bought it at a hundred, it was only yielding three. <laughs> and that that's not too far off. From, from a lot of things that we've seen in the last 12 months. I mean, that's happened a lot, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, this is uh, the wild west out here. One of the reasons I like to use funds, they separate that well, they spread them out over a larger group. Uh, and they are, the funds are actually, act, uh, they're actually managed by computers. They have software that says, okay, this goes down. If uh, it moves a certain percentage, we're going to adjust this by a certain percentage. And there are all kinds of formulas, by the way. So I'm not going to 
bother you with those details. But the bottom line is right now you've got pretty decent interest rates on uh, on bonds and uh, even CDs. The CDs that, that we use are brokered CDs. When you buy a CD from a brokerage firm, you can buy and sell it. You don't have to wait. It, it, they basically turn them into bonds. So you can buy and sell them. You can buy and sell a bond anytime. You can buy and sell CDs anytime. Uh, the, the prices on the CDs are going to fluctuate just like the price on a bond fluctuates. The nice thing is if you wait till it matures and you've only got 18 months on there and you don't really need the money, then they will guarantee that it matures at par, whatever they issued it at. Okay, so if they issued it at $1,000, they're going to give you $1,000 back. So if it's $990 right now, don't sweat it because they're guaranteed to give you back the full dollar amount. That's, that's a pretty good, that's one of the reasons bonds are so popular, <laughs> especially bonds from the United States government, because you may have heard this before, but they have their own printing presses and they can print out the money and hand it to you. I hope it never gets that way. That's what one of the major causes of World War II, because that's how Germany was repaying England. They were just printing up the money. And you see these pictures of people carrying bread baskets around full of currency, full of dollars or uh, a Deutschmark, I guess. I don't know what it was back then. Um, but yeah, they had to bring up all this one to buy uh, a loaf of bread. And... You know, that was extreme. <laughs> we are nowhere near that level. But, you know, there are some really good, uh, there are some good fixed annuity rates out there. I mean, they're, they're really good. And uh, I like that as well, especially if you want to lock some away. Uh, if you're looking for guarantees, now the guarantees are only as good as the insurance companies that are underwriting them. So you got to be careful. You know, you, you want to try to go with the, the highest rated ones you can. Don't just look for the yield there because I've, seen that play out not so good you know for people that investing in those over time uh at times actually it was only one big time but but i mean how many times do you need to, to watch something like that you know I, I think nobody lost all their money but they got a haircut and we'd like to avoid that if all possible especially the closer you get to retirement and if you're starting to take retirement income you definitely want to avoid that so um um you know, i would say go with the safer stuff uh, you might not, you might get a quarter of a percent less in interest, but you'll sleep better. At least I will. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, fixed, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. They're very popular right now because the interest rates have gone up and the insurance companies are able to pay, uh, more on them. Uh, they typically will typically, not always, they typically have rates that are higher than short-term treasuries or CDs. Those are my next two best our most favorite categories, short-term uh, treasuries or CDs. And I like the brokered ones because they, some of them um, have other provisions on them. Like you had a, a death put provision. So if you died before it matured, they would pay you back a hundred cents on a dollar. So even if it was down in price because they did raise interest rates a lot, if the price of the, the CD dropped by a percent or so, they would actually make that up to you. So so that's good. And uh, same thing with a lot of uh, annuities have death benefits. If something happens to the, the investor, uh, they'll make good to the family. If, if the underlying asset is less than what they paid for it or what they paid minus whatever they took out of it. Uh, so let's say at a big crash in the stock market, um, you would get back minimally what you started with. 
Uh, not all of them. So you got to be careful. You got to be extremely careful. And oh, by the way, I, you know, I got a, uh, uh, we get, we get audited all the time. Yeah. So the state of Ohio was in, they were saying something about, I needed to make it more clear that I'm an investment advisor. And I'm like, I, did they not listen to the intro? And <laughs> I mean, all this stuff that they wrote about. So I'm telling you now, just the, you know, I'm the belt and suspenders sort of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm an advisor. Uh, and we get paid to manage money. That's what we get paid to do. And, uh, sometimes there's even a commission involved and I will absolutely disclose it to you. I'll show you exactly what it is. The, uh, I, I want you to know, I want you to compare us because I know that, uh, uh, I, I just want to try to be the guy that I would like to deal with. You got a question and it may not have anything to do with your portfolio. I mean, you might have some, uh, there's a guy, Jerry, and if he knows I'm in here, he'll call. <laughs> <laughs> but he always asks about options because I, at one point in time, I took the options principles exam. It's, it's a really hard exam and uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody do that. And I wouldn't recommend anybody actually use options. They are so much harder than they were when I was doing that. It is mind boggling. And uh, so I, I just don't think it's a, a really good idea. It's uh man, you need to talk about gambling. Holy schmoly. And a lot of people think the stock market's just gambling. Well, it's not actually stock market. You're, you're actually, hopefully it's not. If you don't know anything about it, but you're doing it anyway. Yeah, that's gambling. <laughs> that's like playing poker and showing everybody else your cards and not looking at them yourself before you, uh, before you bet. Now I don't gamble at all. The, um, I like to try to figure out when the odds are in my favor. And when I looked at every possible way of gambling, I'm like, wow, I got these, the odds are never really in my favor here, the, uh, at least not by much. So I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna do that. I'd rather go with something where the probabilities are significantly higher uh, that I have a positive financial outcome. And so that's what I like to do. That that's what most investment managers, financial advisors, or risk managers. That's really what we're doing. We're trying to see how much risk is in your portfolios trying to get you into the right one based on your personality. That That's why nobody has the same um, portfolio. And I think this is, uh, is, is this Jerry? Uh, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Hey, how you doing? Hey, okay. Hey, uh, Bill, you've heard about all the cybersecurity hacking and ransomware and all that stuff that's right. going on. Yeah. And you as a financial advisor, obviously keep track and store a lot of your clients' financial and personal information. Uh, my question to you is, how do you keep that information safe? And how can we be assured that, you know, the information we entrust to you does not get compromised? We have uh, military-grade encryption with the custodians, and they are actually the record keepers, not us. So, oh, okay. So yeah. You don't maintain any uh, Heck no. information? Yeah, no, I don't want that liability. <laughs> That's a big one. So yeah, we yeah. yeah we farm that out. Um, so the uh, well, actually, the the custodians are required to keep that, and and they're good about it. And it, it it is aggravating. I'll tell you what, because the past two years, it's been every major system has slowed down, and it's because they're taking <laughs> such huge you know precautionary measures. And we also uh, are a an institutional client of Morningstar, who also has encryption, 
in uh, BACSEP data there too. So mm-hmm. they're, they've got three data centers across the country, I believe. It might be more than that now. They're the big ones where they uh, actually have the all their data from there, all their databases stored. But uh, that's how we pull up analytical reports. But And I don't even send those over email. I just refuse. When, when I log in, those logins are uh, VPN protected, uh, both sides, mine and theirs. And theirs, I'm sure their software is a lot more sophisticated than mine is. But um, uh, yeah, so I, I would never want that liability. I, I just wouldn't want to do it. So because mm-hmm. you can. I mean, you can you can do that sort of stuff, but uh, I'd rather rely on the custodians because uh, that's what they do anyway. And uh, right, and they spend billions of dollars on security, and uh, it's good. Um, I I hate it when they lock me out of my own account, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I uh, but I always know where to call, and uh, I'll get I'll get right back on. You know, I think that's only happened about three times in the entire time I've been working with them. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of mind-boggling because you look at some of these companies that do spend millions of dollars on cybersecurity, and yet they still end up getting hacked. Yep. You know what? Thanks for calling. I appreciate that. And this is Bill Bullington. I hear the music. That means the show is over. If you want to reach me, go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Have a good weekend, good investing, good luck. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.